All right, let's go ahead and open our Bibles to Acts chapter number 2, and today we're going to pick up in verse number 42, where we left off last time. And I'm just calling this Thoughts and Acts, as I'm studying through it on my own. Um, nothing terribly formal going on, uh, just sharing some of my thoughts, uh, using one of my favorite Bible programs. I don't know if you guys are familiar with eSword. Uh, eSword is a free resource. I've been using it for years and uh, it's got an excellent journal notes, topic notes, study notes that you can um, add to uh, that you can look at beside the commentaries that many of them are free like Albert Barnes, things like that, but you can download and you can pay for uh, premium commentaries and you can add to your collection, but eSword. Uh, it's an unbelievable resource. I would encourage you to take a look at it. I know that, uh, let me look it up here. You can download it to your desktop. It's eSword.net and that's e-sword.net and uh, you can download it now to your iPad and your iPhone and it's free. Um, you know, I've given some donations over the years. It'll mention that every once in a while, but Great program, so thought I'd give you a plug for that. But anyway, I've got some notes in here from my studies. So let's go ahead and take a look at, let me get back. We're going to pick up in verse number 42 of Acts uh, today. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and breaking of bread, and in prayers. Now, how many times have I heard this verse quoted as the key to a healthy church today. Now, I've also taught whole messages on this verse as well, so guilty as charged. Well, no doubt, I mean, we can uh, make some application there after we have clarified the interpretation that this is speaking of the kingdom church, not the church of today. Uh, it can be, but this is not referring to the church we are in today, but instead to the kingdom church. It's also noteworthy that those who use this verse as a basis for the purpose of the church tend to ignore the verses that follow. Look at the verse. You know, a verse out of context is a pretext. You know, a text out of context is a pretext, as I say. Um, because in verse number 43, then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, sold their possessions and their goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So, so we don't do that today. Uh, we're not operating under that system where we sell everything and live in communes. I think we tried this back in the 60s, but that didn't work so well. Um, so, you know, I mean, you've got to read the verse in the context. Uh, this is the kingdom church. Um, and then no doubt that um, this is a fellowship of believers who had aligned themselves with the teachings of the apostles, no doubt. And again, the apostles were teaching the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, they had been baptized. They had received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, we're told that in verse number 38. 
where it says, then Peter said to them, because they said, what shall we do? I mean, you've laid it out for us. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your your sins, and then you will receive the Holy Spirit. So these are those who had become a part of that church. And again, while this may be similar to the church as you and I know it today, a careful study of this group will show too many differences uh, with the church of today to call this Acts 2 group the first church in the sense that we know it today. Uh, so I have come to believe that Pentecost was not, you know, so many of our study Bibles will say it's the birth of the church. I disagree. Uh, the church was hidden. We'll talk about that. It was given. The mystery was revealed to the Apostle Paul. Uh, that came later. You know, Paul's not even called until we get over into Acts chapter number 9. Uh, so to say this is the church as you and I know it today, the church of which you and, are, you and I are a part of today, I think is not interpreting the scriptures uh, accurately. So they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking bread, and prayers. Nothing wrong with all of that. Of course, we could start really dissecting the apostles' doctrine. Uh, The apostles taught things that clearly had everything to do with the kingdom church that clearly has nothing to do with you and I today. Um, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, nowhere in the book of Acts will we see the, the, miracle, the miraculous performed by anyone other than the apostles or their emissaries. No one else does this. It is for the apostles. Uh, now, all who believed were together and had all things in common, as we read, and sold their possessions and their goods and divided them among all as anyone had need and continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And again, that word church, when you read that, it just means an assembly, a group that's been called out. This group responded to the gospel of the kingdom, the message that was being preached by the apostles and Peter on this day of Pentecost, and they are being saved. They are a part of this kingdom church. Uh, There was something else I wanted to show. What's interesting is here in the first part of Acts, we see them selling everything, dividing as any man had need, continuing with one accord, but as we get over into the latter part of Acts, we don't see this. (laughs) Uh, Let's look, for example, in um, in, uh, let's see, in uh, Acts 16, 30, um, boom, 12, 26, 28, and I'm not running across it, but in the latter part, we have a collection being made for the saints that are at Jerusalem. Why is a collection having been, being made for the collection for the saints that are at Jerusalem? Because uh, they're starving. 
Um, so again, we don't do that today. So, you know, if you want to make Acts chapter 2, verse number 42, uh, applicable to the church today, 100%, I mean, you would have to go with verses 43 and 44 and 45 as well. So again, I mean, we have to interpret the Bible. A text out of context is a pretext. That's all I'm saying. Um, so then back over into chapter number two, we're going to break over into chapter number three now. Now, Peter and John went up together at the temple at the hour of prayer. It was the ninth hour. Now, notice that even after Pentecost, you know, where did they go? They went to the temple. Why? Because they were not told to go anyplace else but the temple. Uh, they, they didn't go to some church on a corner somewhere. Um, the church, um, you know, as far as they were concerned, they still went back to the temple. In the previous chapter, for example, let's see in Acts chapter number 2, at the end there, it says, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple. Again, this is not the New Testament church as you and I know it today. So they went up together to the temple. And again, they went at the hour of prayer. The church today has no prescribed hour of prayer. And again, Peter is addressing Jews here. And it says in verse 2, And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, and asked alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on them with John and Peter, with John and Peter looked at him and said, Look at us, or said to him, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So understand, at this point, Peter had no idea about the Gentile church because it, it was still hidden from him. He had no clue what Paul would later um, discover. Um, in Deuteronomy 29, 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. So there are secret things that belong to the Lord that are not revealed. Now in Luke 18, 34, then he took the 12 aside and he said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be delivered to the Gentiles, and he will be mocked and insulted and spit upon, and they will scourge him and kill him, and the third day he will rise again. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not know the things which were spoken. Okay, so there were things that the apostles just did not understand. They were not looking for a suffering servant, you know. They were looking for a reigning Messiah, you know. Uh, James and John's mother came. Jesus pulled him aside and said, "Hey, when you come into your kingdom, why would she ask that? Because they were looking for a physical kingdom, and as they were coming back." 
from Capernaum and they were coming, heading up toward Jerusalem. The Bible says they expected the kingdom to appear at any moment. They were looking for a physical kingdom. So we have to understand that they had no idea that Christ was going to be crucified, let alone rise from the dead. It was hidden from them, the Bible says. In John 13, 6, then he, then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, why are you washing my feet? And he answered and said to him, what I'm doing you do not understand now, but you will after this. There were things that Peter just didn't understand, he and the other apostles. Uh, in Ephesians 3, the Apostle Paul said, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, and understand the gospel of grace, the gospel of reconciliation, was first delivered and preached by the Apostle Paul, not by Peter on the day of Pentecost. Um, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation, that's where we get the term dispensationalist, we believe we are in the dispensation of grace. Why? Because the Bible says it. <laughs> if you have heard the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, it was given to Paul to give to the Gentiles, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I've already briefly written, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. There were things revealed to Paul that the other apostles had not received, let alone in at Pentecost, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of man, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. It's been revealed through Paul that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power to me who am, who am less than the least of all the saints. This grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all to see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. So again, these things the apostles did not at this time did not understand. Now, sure, I, I believe strongly that later on Peter did understand. Matter of fact, in First in Peter, he says, listen to Brother Paul. Uh, I think Peter finally um, understood that, you know, the kingdom was not coming in his lifetime. Um, in Colossians chapter 1, verse number 24, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you that I may fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. Uh, we are the body of Christ of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. That was given to Paul. 
Peter and the other apostles did not understand this at Pentecost. That's the whole point. Um, and then in verse number seven, and he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he who had sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what was happening to him. Um, look, look in uh, verse number 11. Now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it in verse 12, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Again, there's not a Gentile in sight here. Okay, he's still speaking Read through uh, the first several chapters of Acts. They're addressing Jews. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day in Acts chapter number two, for example, uh, when it says, um, let's see, uh, verse number, in, in verse two, verse number one. Chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord, one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they appeared to them divided tongues as the fire and set upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem, listen to me, <laughs> Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Now, that's where we get lost and we start pulling Gentiles into the picture. These are Jews that were part of the diaspora that were coming back to Jerusalem for Passover and Pentecost. It says right there, dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, comma, devout men, comma, from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occupied the multitude, or, or when the sound occurred, the multitude came together. The multitude, referring to the same Jews, came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. And why would it say that? Why were the tongues necessary? Because these Jews were born outside of Jerusalem. They were born in the diaspora. And they spoke other languages. And they had come to Jerusalem for these holy festivals. And it says, Then they were amazed. Um, and they heard everyone speak in his own language. They were amazed. They marveled. They said to one another, look are not these who speak Galileans. And how do we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, the parts of Libya, Cyrene. These were, these were Jews that were born outside of Jerusalem that are there now. So again, back into chapter number three, we are dealing with the Jewish people here. Okay, um, let's see, back down in verse number number uh, 12. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at, at us as through our own power or godliness, we've made this man to walk? 
And then verse 13, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate. Who delivered up Jesus to Pilate? The Jews, not the Gentiles. The Jews delivered him up to Pilate when he was determined to let him go. And again, Martin Luther got his anti-Semitism from this verse. Uh, the Nazis referred to the writings of Luther as justification for what they did to the Jews. Anti-Semitism has been bred out of this verse. God killers is what they called the Jews. Um, and then look down verse 14. But you denied the Holy One and the just, and you asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which you are witnesses. And his name, in verse 16, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him, deity, has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So break that verse down, verse 16. And his name, referring to Jesus, through faith in his name, referring to Jesus, has made this man the one he healed strong, whom you see, yes, the faith which comes through him, referring to Jesus, has given him, this man who had been healed, his perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Notice that Peter is not referring to the death, the burial, and the resurrection. He is still preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And he says in verse 17, Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as also did your rulers. Now, we're very quick to just kind of read over that verse, and I'm going to close with this. Peter is still, still addressing Jews, but notice he's basically excusing the Jews. Notice what he says. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did this in ignorance, as did your rulers. Now, some believe that Peter might be referring back to the law of unintentionally killing someone and the cities of refuge as compared to premeditated murder. So, in other words, Peter is not accusing them of premeditated murder, but he's accusing them of unintentionally killing their Messiah. This is an important distinction because it left the door open for God to continue to continue dealing with them rather than destroying them for murder. In other words, it left the door open because of their ignorance to continue to offer them the kingdom, to continue to offer them repentance and restoration. And Paul obviously agreed with this assessment because in 1 Corinthians 2, 7, he said, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden 
wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. In other words, it's giving them an out. <laughs> it's giving them an opportunity for repentance. Uh, on another note, we cannot assume that the apostles had any idea that Christ was to be crucified in advance and that he would turn to the Gentiles. The apostles didn't know that. Peter is still in the mindset, you guys did this in ignorance. The kingdom is still being offered to you if you would but repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. So again, you know, this their statement of faith was simply that Jesus was the Christ. He was the son of the living God. Peter never taught the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 16, 16, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. All they had to do was acknowledge it. Uh, as I said in my Matthew study the other day, you know, upon this rock I'll build my church. Is that referring to Jesus? Is that referring to Peter? Is it referring to what Peter said? But the Jews only had to acknowledge that he was indeed their Christ. Repent, have a change of mind, be baptized, and he would restore them as a nation, a national salvation, not an individual salvation. Now, I know for a lot of you, this is, you know, you're struggling with it. But I just encourage you, read through the book of Acts. Set aside all your pre preconceived notions don't read your Bibles from the bottom up, but read them from the top down. Read the scriptures before you read the commentary. Who is Peter addressing throughout all of these verses? He's talking to the Jews. He's still preaching the same gospel, the kingdom that was preached in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is the kingdom church. Our Lord was still giving, God was still giving them an opportunity, even after the crucifixion and the resurrection, for national restoration repentance. And we'll talk a little bit more about that next time as I study through the book of Acts. I'm going to take you along with me, at least as far as you want to go. <laughs> well, God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember, God loves you wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.